Facebook post, December 15, 2017, by Lori Logan Borman. I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to share this news, but Logan Borman took his life late last night. We loved him so much and as best as we knew how. Please, if you think ending your life is the only answer, get help. There is always hope. Call me. Jesus loves you, this I know. And he is always good. We will only get through this because God is bigger. He will carry us through this awful time, too. December 15, 2017. Shared from Bryce's post. Logan, what I wouldn't give to spend one more day with you. I love you and will cherish the memories forever. Like our shared love for Barney. Today has been one of the hardest days imaginable, but my comfort comes from my God. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Revelation 21, verse 4. If you or someone you know is struggling, please seek help. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Shared from Savannah's post. I wish I could hug you. I wish I could hear your voice and that deep laugh one last time. I wish I could listen to more random facts you had stored in that brilliant mind of yours. I wish I could have taken the pain away. There's a million things I could wish for right now. But most importantly, I wish you knew how loved you were. This has been the hardest day, but the love and support we have received from family and friends just shows us how much you were loved and cared about. We miss you like crazy, and we love you even more. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Psalm 34, verse 18. Rest easy, big brother. Please don't let your pain and suffering go unheard before it's too late. National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. December 16, 2017. Facebook post by Lori Logan Borman. The memorial service for Logan Ray Borman will be held Thursday, December 21, 2017 at Fellowship of the Rockies in Colorado Springs. December 17, 2017. Friends, I have not been able to be on Facebook and read your messages, but I'm told there are so many sweet people that have left them. I am having glimpses of peace, and despite how short those are, I'm feeling your prayers. When everyone asks what they can do, please, don't just say you will pray for us. Take time and actually do it. We need it. And if you don't actually believe in prayer, reach out to me. Despite my pain, nothing could give me more peace than to know that Logan's death could lead even just one to knowing Christ. I promise in time I will read through each one of your messages, posts, etc. I just want you to know I appreciate them even though I haven't responded or acknowledged them. I love you all. December 19, 2017 Facebook post by Lori Logan Borman. Animals sure know. Is this a hug? December 19, 2017. It's so, so hard. This notice is not perfect. Our brains are still in a fog and it's something you have to get done, even when you are still not ready. So many things I already wish I could change in it, but I know it's just a piece. 
I'm sharing, hoping you understand how hard it is to sum up Logan's life in a few sentences. The National Suicide Hotline, 1-800-273-8254. The obituary for Logan Ray Borman, born December 11, 1994, and died December 15, 2017. Logan Ray Borman, son, brother, and friend, died on December 15, 2017, in Colorado Springs, Colorado, at the age of 23. Logan is survived by his parents, Glenn and Lori Borman of Colorado Springs, older brother Bryce, younger sisters Savannah and Amaya. Logan was born on December 11, 1994, in Aurora, Colorado, to Glenn and Lori. He graduated from Cheyenne Mountain High School in 2013. Logan continued his studies at Colorado School of Mines and University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. Logan most recently worked as a dispatcher for the Colorado Springs Police Department. Logan's family remembers him as a kind and brilliant young man who could recite both encyclopedic knowledge as well as useless facts, winning multiple state science Olympiad awards and scoring a near-perfect on his ACTs were some of his proudest accomplishments. Logan attended Fellowship of the Rockies, and during his youth group years, he played guitar and served on several Juarez mission trips. Attending church camp each summer and acting in church plays was something he was very passionate about, even returning as a counselor. Boy Scouts, soccer, distributing birdie bots, and certainly his creative Halloween costumes will most be remembered from his younger years. He always loved reading, particularly Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. He grew into an avid gamer, and certainly those friendships surrounding that were important to him. The memorial service will be at 4 p.m. Thursday, December 21, 2017, Fellowship of the Rockies, 1625 South 8th Street, 80905. All are welcome to attend and celebrate Logan's life. In lieu of flowers, memorial contributions may be made to Fellowship of the Rockies in Logan's name. December 20th, 2017. So proud of my youngest daughter. There are no rules on how to do this, but she's doing it well. Pick up any book and you will learn quickly that we don't all grieve the same. But what about children? As adults, can we have any understanding of what they comprehend? Amaya knows what death is, and by definition, that means she knows Logan is not coming back. But doesn't she understand that? What exactly does that mean in an 11-year-old mind? How would I know because I don't even know what that means in a 45-year-old mind? Of course, it's hard to be her mom right now, as I want to question and analyze her every move, making sure she is okay but I'm realizing she has a more maturing mind than most her age. She has learned to articulate what she wants, what she's thinking, and is okay with everyone not agreeing. Her counselor and teachers say she is as healthy as she can be because she is able to say what she needs, even if it's that she doesn't know. Last Friday, she was awoken just as we were in the early hours of the morning and the day began long. She was fairly stoic all morning, crying only rarely and only a few tears. Was she thinking of all the things she could have done, just like we were? Was she thinking of the movie she watched with Logan on Sunday? Was she happy or sad that she was the last one to get a goodbye and a hug? 
Was she already worrying about the math he wasn't going to be able to help her with? Was she wondering what forever looks like? Or was she just trying to figure out why she wasn't crying and sobbing like we were? Just before lunchtime, she asked if she could go to school. Of course, we wanted to give her whatever she thought she needed, and my aunt offered to take her only a block away. Her one request was that she didn't want anyone to approach her about it. She knew some would already know, but just didn't want to talk about it. Fair enough. School seemed to go okay for her, and she came home asking if she could still go to the Christmas party that she had been invited to. What? I couldn't comprehend. But she said, I don't know what else to do. I don't want to just sit around here while everyone is just crying. For me, it was a relief that she would be gone for a few more hours, and I didn't have to play the mom role and figure out how to include her in, well, in the nothing that we were doing. She went to the party, and a friend's mom posted this picture. Hard to see. And I wondered as people were finding out, would they think it was crazy she was at a party? I almost removed my name from the tagging. I don't usually care what people think, but was that weird? I didn't understand it. How could she be happy? How could she be having a good time? Does she really get it? Or is this just how 11-year-olds process? With Monday approaching, Amaya made it known she wanted to continue going to school. It was the same response when I asked why. I don't really want to just sit around here all day while everyone just cries. She did request once again to not have to talk about the situation, though. However, I'm a realist, and I know some kids already knew. Some will be curious, and the rumors will be flying. I pointed out to her that if it were one of her friends, she would be wondering, and she would want to ask. Not to be mean or rude or even invasive, but it was just human nature to be curious. So we discussed it, and she agreed that the teachers could tell all the kids what happened, but to please let them know that she wasn't ready to talk about details. If they wanted to say they were sorry, that was okay, but to please not ask questions. Walking to school, she looked at me and said, Mom, I feel bad that I want to go to school. I feel bad that I'm not crying like everyone. It was true. I had only seen a couple of tears in as many days. Oh, her heart, my heart. I did the mom comforting thing and let her know it was okay, that we all do things differently and that in time, she might cry a lot, or that she may never cry at all. How can I know? How can she know? A year later, we are driving in the car. She looks at me and says, Mom, do you ever just cry and you don't even know why? Like last night, I just cried in bed as I was trying to go to sleep, and I don't even know why. I responded, yes, and it's probably hormonal for you. But in fact, I really lied, although just a partial lie. Sometimes I find myself crying, and I'm not sure what triggered it, but every tear has Logan's name on it. It ends up being about Logan despite where it starts. It's like I can't waste a tear on something else that wouldn't be as important as my son, so I always go there. December 21st, 2017. Today will be hard, but today I'm hanging on to this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I know there will be good things that come out of today. Look for them with me. December 22, 2017. Generations, 
families are supposed to look up to and cherish those that were before us, contributing and tending to our legacy. We hope we gain character traits from those we respect so much and even pass on our favorite physical attributes to those to come, like my blue eyes and blonde, natural highlighted hair. We like to dream of how our flicker of life will be presented to those looking for reasons to identify with our family name. Suicide voids so much of that. It makes so many things final. He won't get to contribute to the next generation, and I wonder how he will be remembered by those that one day talk about him in past tense terms. My uncle took his life. I wonder if I get my depression from him. Will he be regarded and remembered for his fun, uninhibited personality with useless facts? Or will people just think about his last act of a one-sided goodbye? I can remember the time our beloved first saint died very unexpectedly at age four, arresting upon arrival at the vet. Logan was 11 years old and at soccer practice. Because I would have wanted to, I thought he should see her before she was cremated, and so without giving an option, I pulled him and let him in on the news of our direction of travel. This would be a one-sided goodbye, and he wasn't happy about it. I have since learned that not everyone needs closure in this way, and hoped he didn't hold a certain bitterness towards me regarding our Bosco's death. He later chose to be with Zippy, our Wheaton Terrier of 12 years, as we allowed her to part this world in comfort just a year ago. He was more mature, but Zippy was also alive, so it was an active goodbye. And it's weird how in certain moments I had an omen and had wanted Logan to be close to death, hoping that would engage him more to his faith. This was one of those moments I remember being thankful he was there for. Would he have wanted to say goodbye to his sibling, dead or alive, or would it have mattered? Logan died in an instant, and so there was no visiting him at the hospital. However, there was that chance at the funeral home. His siblings said no. His dad said no. It was just me that needed a goodbye, one-sided or not. Now don't get me wrong, I am not much of a believer in getting much out of a box of ashes. His spirit is not there, and I just don't consider that him anymore. But will I regret not running my fingers through his blonde hair one more time? Decisions are so difficult after suicide because you doubt all you've made and question the what-ifs and frankly don't trust yourself. But I made the resolution to go see Logan before my sweet baby would be downsized to a box we keep on an undecided shelf. My cousin Colin who was one of the adults that knew Logan better than most, and an important piece of Logan's life, mostly through camps that Colin ran each summer, not only a kid attending, but then as a counselor, but also from our families being so close, was around much of the first days after the horrific incident. He was in contact with the funeral home and was guiding me in every situation. Initially, we weren't sure if they would even allow us to view his body, but Colin had requested to go with me should we get the privilege of seeing my own baby boy. I was told it was their decision, which gave me the feeling that they had already confiscated my parental rights. I felt yet another part of the crime scene. Thankfully, the word came in that he could be, and my mind turned to better versions of his appearance. He died of a single bullet to head. But does this mean he did a good, clean job? 
your mind can only wonder. When the subject came up early on, a few people had offered to accompany me. In anticipation, my dear friend Christy, who was also very present both in our past and current lives, had offered first, and so I declined all subsequent sweet requests. You aren't going by yourself, right? Because my immediate family abandoned their rights to go, I didn't think it was fair to allow a general viewing. But then there were my parents. They had assertively told me on the phone. They were in Kauai catching a flight. They wanted to see him. Greedily, I wanted to tell them no. But I had to remember Logan was not just my son, but their grandson, and he didn't tell them goodbye. Even if they wanted a one-sided one, they deserved that choice, unlike I had given Logan with the dog all those years ago. It was Tuesday, and what a mind experience I went through preparing myself for that hour. My parents would be coming straight from the airport, so they would just meet me there. I selfishly was dreading seeing them. I didn't want to comfort anyone else this day, as I was ready to fully embrace my weakness and emotions. I was already feeling like I owed people explanations and apologies for what my son had done. His betrayal had taken my strength, and on this day, I had nothing else to give. Christy picked me and Colin up. I honestly don't remember what we talked about on the way there, but once there, my parents arrived in the parking lot just a minute later. After the agony of my reluctant hugs, we said not much else and walked inside. Are you ready? Hmm, whatever does this mean, but yeah, take me inside. I did ask my parents to wait to join me. I needed time to release a few things before feeling like I had to reel them back in. I wanted to focus on this time, but I was so distracted by everything stupid. The funeral director followed us in. Guess he had to make sure we were going to be respectful? I kept thinking about his job, how much it sucked. What was he thinking about me, about us? What had he thought about who Logan was? Was he seriously going to stay the entire time because I didn't find that very private. I didn't like the color of the couches. They should have been colorful and not brown and somber. Because we weren't burying Logan, but cremating instead, they had him in a white box that was disposable in nature. I was annoyed at the colors of the markers sitting there for our use to write on the last thing he would lay in. We had brought clothes the day before when we came to sign everything. I couldn't risk the emotions of going in his room so Glenn had grabbed them. I knew they didn't match, and the bottoms were a favorite pair of his PJs. Maybe I wanted to keep them forever? The moment before seeing him, I changed my mind and asked for his jacket. We previously had told them we didn't want any attire he had been wearing returned, only to be told that it was too late. I don't really know what one is supposed to be thinking in these moments. I know there are no rules, but shouldn't I be reminiscing on his baby face and laugh instead of fixating on the stupid? I approached the makeshift casket. When you are handed your child for the first time after birth, you touch their face and study everything about them. I was being presented my child again, insanely to be examined in a similar way. Now his identity is not life. It's dead. Gone. My first thoughts were how much he looked like my cousin's son. Ugh! Would he notice that too? Would that bring it even closer to reality? 
I vividly remembered thinking just days before I needed to cut his hair, noticing its length was beyond where he had been keeping it in the last year. As much as it secretly cut into my time, I always did it happily. Now I had all the time in the world to struggle with regret that maybe, just maybe, if I would have offered that week to cut it, we would have chatted about life-changing things. The way he was laying, his locks looked so flowing, and his bold jawline, youthful appearance, and lips gave way to centering my focus back to my cousin's son again and again. Both Christy and Colin remember noticing my hands first coming to rest just below his ears. The undertakers had done a great job attempting to mask the holes that began the creation of the biggest one, that which now resided in my heart. Details, I needed them all. Looking back, maybe it was also a disbelief like the disciples had with Jesus after he was crucified and arose. Some might think it was the nurse in me. I think it was just the mom. Or maybe it was instinctively both. I wanted to touch every appropriate area of his body I could, even giving way to a kiss, knowing he would never feel it. I finally crumbled to the ground in a fetal position. I often felt a very out-of-body experience, and in that moment, it was as if I was watching myself, as if I was the character in a movie. I think sometimes people do that in the movies. Am I doing it just because I've seen it? Or am I just letting my body take over my mind and allowing it to navigate? It's hard to know how much time is enough. To a serious fault, I often consider others and figured this guy had other things to prepare. And so I allowed my parents in probably before I was ready. But it was okay. Colin prayed and they took their pictures, promising only to show my sister, who couldn't be there and wanted to be. Details. While my norm is to want them all, I actually didn't want those to clarify my future clouded visuals of this day. But I was already comparing my NICU experience with parents who had lost a baby and knew that sometimes they later regretted not having photographs. Maybe someday I would ask for them, but definitely not feeling that way right now. After writing, I love you, and probably more, but in my oblivion, I can't remember what, I scribbled a pizza. I knew it wasn't a good drawing, but I had wanted to be last with the markers and didn't care if the workers noticed it. They would be tossing it, only to be melted away, along with every bone in his body. Anticipating saying goodbye for the very last time gave way to the biggest anxiety. Leaving that room, knowing I would never be able to touch my son again, was really something I can't put into words. I had, of course, thought about how much time would be adequate coming up empty. As if there was such a thing. Eventually, you just have to do it and get on with the day. Retracing, self-pity, rejection, abandoned. These all filled my thoughts as I walked away. In the car on the way home, we talked about the obvious. My emotions had been released to the max. But as I was saturated and numb now, it was interjected by an overwhelming feeling of wanting to break things. Glass, really. I just wanted to take drinking glasses and throw them as hard as I could. Being a realist, I imagined a dumpster so that no one would have to clean it up. Colin said he's heard of such places. Maybe one day I'll go. Arriving home, it was just more of before. 
an aggregation of people, and hugs and how we're used. God, I hate that question now. I so badly wanted to reach Logan, but he decisively refused and violently ended all of that. And now I found myself remembering all those times I felt our relationship was one-sided. I know many parents feel this way, at least at certain times, but this was definitely a one-sided goodbye. I hope you never have one. December 23rd, 2017. Everyone keeps saying they don't have words. Well, I don't either, really. But I will say that we are truly overwhelmed with the love we have been shown. I feel like that is such a cliche statement, but I just don't know another way right now to say it. I still have not been able to be on Facebook hardly at all. I will go back in the next week and read all of your kind words. They will comfort me as my house becomes empty from friends and family visiting from afar. I promise. If you have messaged me, I will get back to you. I will say we have truly felt your prayers. I particularly. While I am usually so critical and have a hard time being satisfied, putting together Logan's Day just really flowed easily. I truly loved the service, and I am not second-guessing any part of it. I thought it was beautiful. I am forever grateful for those that made it happen, but particularly for those that spoke. And Alec, we heard your words. The words were perfect, and I know they have made an impact. I have already heard good that has come from it. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever, and his mercies will not fail us. They are new each day. December 25th, 2017. Last year's and this year. Our hearts will forever be missing such a huge peace, and I can't stand the thought of not having another picture of my four beautiful children together. When families celebrate together on Christmas, for us, it's going to be so hard since ours is no longer complete. We never missed a Christmas without one of us. Logan was always the one that would go to find empty tubs for everyone to put their stash in and loved to help do the handing out. Even though it's not about the number of presents, it was for me. The more we had, the more time we all spent together sitting closely in the living room. Today was so very different. So many presents were not exchanged. Instead, cards with where we would direct money to help the less fortunate. It was quick, but we are here and together. Although it was a sad day and not easy, we did make it. We had to. To celebrate Jesus' birthday, the real reason for today. The only reason we have hope today that tomorrow can be a little bit better. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us peace. Peace that passes all understanding, because it's hard to understand. Merry Christmas. I hope you found some peace in today, too. December 28, 2017. Here is my note that my dear cousin read for me at Logan's service. I'm exhausted from the pain mentally. I'm exhausted physically. I keep wanting to start a letter to Logan, but it's too much right now. As a mom, your biggest sadness is having your child forgotten too soon. So I decided to use this time to give you a few memories of mine to help you keep my Logan boy in your heart for as long as possible. When you see a baby that smiles just because you look at them, think of Logan. To this day, I have never seen a baby with a more beautiful smile that was so easily handed out. When you have a young kid tell you your haircut is bad, 
think of Logan. Man, he could be blunt sometimes. Matter of fact, even so black and white. But he never meant to be mean. People didn't understand that about him. I often struggle to understand that about him. If you see a pink Power Ranger, think of him and know my Savannah is wishing he would chase her one more time using his powers on her. When you eat beets, think of Logan. He was such a picky eater, but he loved those. When a kid tells you jokes that you have heard a million times before, but you can't remember the ending, think of Logan. Amaya tried to stump him all the time, but he knew them all. When you see a girl holding tightly to a yellow My Little Pony, think about how much Logan loved Amaya. That was a gift he gave her. He was so good to her, more patient than any of us with her homework. You could often find them going to the movies together, or just watching one downstairs. Last Sunday they watched a movie together, and she was the last one to get a hug from him. When someone is talking about Harry Potter, think of my boy who has read each of those books at least ten times. Each. And of course, he was one of those waiting at midnight to pick up the latest one. His daddy took him, and he would get that book read within hours, and then read it again, and then go back and start the series over again. When you are taken aback because a boy in his late teens, early 20s, says he loves classical music, Logan probably would have been friends with him. When you hear the song Separate Ways by Journey, know that that was his favorite song. When you hear any Barney song, know that I can sing it with you. I can still see Logan sitting in his Barney chair with his stack of Barney books that you better not knock over, by the way, holding his little Barney figurine, wearing his Barney PJs and Barney slippers, reciting every word and singing every song. And when you sit down with your family or friends to play a board game, just know that was Logan's biggest love, and I will forever regret not taking more time to play them with him. Please don't stop talking about him to me. I want to hear your memories. And if you get to heaven before I do, please tell him I love him so very much and can't wait to see him again. December 30th, 2017. Walking Estes Park, we found this ornament, and it was the last one left. Although it brought instant grief, I'm glad we found it. And soon after, I was able to smile again. At many times lately, I have felt guilty, guilty about a lot. I even felt guilty for enjoying a milkshake. But then a friend reminded me of something that made so much sense. God says he came so that we could have life and to live it to the fullest. John 10 verse 10. This tells me it's okay to have joy, even in your sorrows. So this weekend, I am working hard at trying to find joy and to not feel bad about it. Do you wonder how some people ever muster the strength to continue, much less thrive? A joyful heart is good medicine. Proverbs 17, verse 22. We want to be those people. Joy is how we get there. I refuse to see myself as the victim. I want to do just what Andy Dufresne did in Shawshank Redemption. You either get busy living or get busy dying. I could never be that strong, you think. You're right. You couldn't ever be that strong, but neither can I. If I have shown strength, it is only because I have admitted my weakness and claimed God's strength as my own. My grace is sufficient for you, 
for my power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. This is the only reason I am able to find a smile at this terrible time in my life. Without him, I might still be putting one step in front of the other, but I know it would not be with a smile, with some sense of joy, and certainly not without hope.